Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, September 2022. I'm Mike Kachapoli. All right, here we are on a nice Tuesday night. <clears throat> Tuesday night. Um, what's on your mind? Let me know what's on your mind. Because I'm always telling you what's on my mind. And I think that's getting old. <laughs> Although I'm going to continue to tell what's on my mind. But what's on your mind? Anything that's on your mind that I haven't covered recently? Are you watching the everything that's going on in England with the Queen and the funeral procession and this 10-day-long process? You know, the British, they love their pomp and circumstance, right? The British love their tradition. They just love tradition. It means so much to them. I mean, all these traditions they have that uh, you don't have anywhere else. And um, what's amazing to me is people that, they get so obsessed with this stuff. I mean, they sit there in line and they line up at five in the morning just to get a glimpse of the new king or the, or the princes or whoever it may be. And they want to shake their hands and they're crying and they say the death is like the death of their grandmother or their mother. And part of me understands it and part of me thinks it's pathetic. I go back and forth. I think is your life so empty that you need to have a, you know, this, this uh, I guess, pseudo-mother or pseudo-grandmother in your life that means so much? I mean, sometimes I think these people are more upset by the death of the queen than people in their own family. And then I understand it's a long-standing tradition, and she's been around forever, and most people who are around now, that's what they only know her, and she was there for 70 years, and I get it. I get it. You know, again, I watched that whole process, whatever they call the ascension process, which they hadn't done, you know, since 19, what, 52. And, uh, and I felt like I was watching, you know, kind of, uh, you know, a dull version of Shakespeare, right? I was waiting for someone to come in and, and, and you know, and, and do something violent to everybody, which usually happens in a Shakespeare, right? But, but I mean, it's like, you know, this whole thing process of everyone stands in a room they weren't allowed to sit that's a bizarre thing they were all like all these brits were stuffed in a room in their in their you know uh three-piece suits and uh they were all watching this him signing stuff basically and having issues with the inkwell and all that nonsense whatever it may be it was just kind of very boring but also a process that you're thinking well this has not been seen because when it happened in 52 there really wasn't a television right so there wasn't any real television coverage of, uh, you know, of all this stuff, you know. So, you know, you have to wonder if um, if you ever see this again. We will probably will see this again because depending how long this guy, the, the Charles lasts, you know, it may not be, it could be, but it could be 20 years, right? They seem to last a long time, these Brits, you know, wealthy, good food, great health care, easy life, easy living, so it could go, you know, he could last 20 years. Um, but we're surely not going to have to wait 70 years again. You know, so it was interesting seeing a process that, that even most of those people, everyone who was around and doing that process has never done it before. So it was the first time they have done things, which is weird for the British because they usually with their tradition every year or you know, every 10 years, that jubilee. And this thing hadn't happened since 52, never televised. So most people have never seen it before. So, you know, except for maybe a little bit of Shakespeare here and there, we 
never seen this kind of a thing. So that was interesting to watch. It was kind of boring, though. You know, it was kind of boring. And uh, and now we'll see what happens from here on in. But, uh, you know, if you've been watching that and you want to talk about it, you can. Uh, but what I really want to talk about is uh, is the CDC. And, you know, I just went to a uh, a movie theater recently here in San Francisco. And it's a very... Um, it's a very popular movie theater, and it's a movie theater that has uh, food. What's, what am I, why am I being around the bush? The Alamo. It's called the Alamo Movie Theater, Alamo Draft House. And it's in the Mission uh, area of San Francisco. And uh, I'd gone a lot pre-COVID, and I had not gone well, – obviously, I hadn't gone – well, I hadn't gone for the whole COVID period, but I also did, probably didn't go maybe a year before that. So it's been maybe four years since I've been there. So – um, and I know they had been COVID Nazis. They had been the worst of the worst, you know, with the mask mandates and the vaccine passports. And they dot all the I's and crossed all the T's and did exactly what the city said, which I found to be very interesting for a movie company based in Texas. Now, they're based in Austin, but it's still Texas. So I found that odd. I guarantee you, if you go to the Alamo in Texas, any of them in Texas, they're still not doing things like this theater, which is when you walk in, they have these signs all over the place. Masks, not recommended, strongly recommended. You forget your mask, we'll give you one. They're still doing this. I wanted to knock all the fucking, I wanted to go to the manager and say, would you cut this fucking shit out already? And that's what I want to do. I'm getting close to actually doing that. They'll probably revoke my uh, ticket. Who gives a shit at this point? I'm tired of it. I mean, it's just tiring here in San Francisco. This cult of COVID, they will not drop it. They don't want to drop it. It's as though their lives are absolutely empty and meaningless without, without a virus in it. How sad is that? That a life is so empty and meaningless without a virus being in it. I mean, I think some people get excited when things like COVID happen. Then monkeypox happen and polio's come back. I think people are actually aroused by this. It's, it's really insane. It really is insane. People need to get a fucking life is what they need to do. And stop thinking about health and death and not feeling well. Because that was the idle mind is the devil's workplace. A lot of idle minds in liberal cities, it would seem. Maybe because people haven't worked in three fucking years. Did you see the New York Times is telling people to go back to work and they say no? Now, wait a minute. So I heard that story that the New York Times was telling people to go back to work. And the people said no in New York at their building in New York. And then I realized I found that it's only, I think it's like two days a week or something they want them back. Two or three days a week tops. They don't even want to do that. They don't even want to do that. I say fire all of them. I'll do, I, I'm a great writer. I'll take the job and I'll show up six days a week. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. And so we're seeing this in these liberal cities where they don't want to drop the cult of COVID either because they need it in their lives or they're just being selfish. They don't want to go to work whatever the situation may be. And they want to use COVID as an excuse for, for everything. And they want to be able to use it. People want to be able to use it as an excuse not to go back to work, call in sick, got COVID. They want to be able to do this 20 years from now. They don't want to have stop this. They don't want to stop it. And it's, it's, pure, it's pure selfishness. I will get to your calls in just a moment. In fact, I'll get to your calls before I read this article by Vinay Prasad, a doctor here in the Bay Area who wrote about the needing to... Uh, dismantle the CDC and hire new people. Um, but this is what I'm seeing here. So I go to this movie theater 
And it's and I've been to the AMC theaters here in San Francisco, and there's no sign about masking, no sign about options or recommendations, nothing. AMC has totally dropped it. But this this Alamo, which I had known, I was actually literally going back. I really don't want to give business to places that was so Nazi-like with the COVID tactics of mandates and vaccines and masks and all that nonsense. But I said, oh, I'll give it a shot. Okay, it's been forever. And so I go. And there's nothing else to do here, by the way. There's nothing. It's a boring city. Everything closes early. But so I went there. And uh, all must have been 17 masks strongly recommended. If you don't have your mask, we got one for you signs. Still, in September of 2022, will they ever take those signs down? Well, and I have several people, not all of them, several people wearing masks, most weren't. I was happy to see that. But um, I don't want to see the signs anymore. And you could tell there are places like that Alamo Draft House, which is just jonesing to go back to mask mandates. As soon as the city goes back to mask mandates, if they do, this will be the first place to mandate them and be very happy and thrilled, thrilled, not upset about it, thrilled about it. And so that's a huge problem in liberal cities. They just don't want to let this go. They don't want to let masking go. Okay, I'm going to get to that uh, Vinay Prasad uh, article, but first I'm going to take a call. Hey, you're on and let's be heard. What's up, Mike? Uh, pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I've never been here before, but like, I, 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 I always see you like on the call-in schedule. Mm. Um, so it's pleasure to talk to you. on the schedule, eventually people are going to catch on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, anyway, pleasure to talk to you. Keep it on. Um, okay, so I, obviously, like, I, I, I have no idea what your opinions or beliefs are, whatever. I just came to talking randomly. Um, so specifically on COVID, like, obviously, I, I'm guessing I'm, I agree with you, like, because I'm, like, anti-lockdown, anti-mask and vaccine mandate. Um, I did get them for work and school, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I'm personally opposed to them. Right. And um, you're talking about, like, hey, if X, Y, Z happens, are we going to go back to mandates or whatever? Um, I guess like the good thing temporarily, it's like it, it's it's like as soon as like the Ukraine war started in February or whatever, it's like people like totally forgot about that, and now it's like Slava Ukraine and whatever. Yeah, well that that's the they they switched the virtue signal from the masks. Yeah, and obviously I, I, I'm definitely against the war and stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I'm anti-war, but it's just like kind of hilarious where like now all the talk like oh we 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 got to give like a hundred trillion dollars to Ukraine and this war has to keep going forever and ever. No, I'd say, if the war does keep going forever and ever, it would just lead to like total war, like incineration, most likely. I would imagine. So you're, or, or, or you're against all the money. You're against all the money we're giving them. Yeah, yeah. I think we've given like around sixty billion ish or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. It's been at least sixty billion at this point. Yeah, I'm guessing that's some more. Like that's the least because like that's just from us. I'm sure like the UK, of France, course, Germany, yeah. right. like maybe other countries outside of Europe too. Yeah, um, like Israel. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually didn't even want to talk about COVID. I just thought about that based on what you said. Right. But so I, I, just, I just have a quick question. But so like me personally, like, like, so like I, I, I work a lot or like or specifically in grad school. And so like my grad school is like super heavy. Mm-hmm. So whenever I come to Colin, like I'm kind of looking for like for lighter or more fun topics. Mm-hmm. But like, it seems like every room I'm in right now, there's right now there's like two rooms that I know of. And it's like, they're talking about like nonstop, super heavy, like political theory stuff or like various other like really heavy, like history, political topics. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, like, do you know, like, I, still, like, I, I obviously like, I, I, I love reading and stuff. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm into like, you know, talking serious stuff. But like, I'm like, dude, like, do you guys ever want to relax? Cause like, cause, cause I, I'm in a master's for, for quantitative uh, uh, economics. 
And that's like super heavy theory shit, you know? Yep. So it's like, God, what is up with these people? And, and like, and some of these people are my friends too. Like, you know, well, not friends, but you know, like I, I know them decently now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I, you tell you the truth. I should, I should do a little more research go and, and, and see what other shows are, are talking about. I know there are some people on here who I know, you know, like Bernie said, Brianna Joy Gray, Bernie Sanders, former press secretary, and Glenn yeah. Green has been on here. I know that Jimmy Dore does shows on here. I know, I know uh, David Sirota does stories on, uh, does a podcast on here. I know, but most of that stuff's going to be political, right? Most of stuff's going to be belt, beltway politics, you know, kind of stuff. And I'd love to talk more about light stuff and culture stuff, but it's just, we're, we're dominated now with this stuff. And like I said, where, do you, where are you calling from? Uh, Southern California. Okay, so I'm in San Francisco. So, you know, this state is still, especially the major cities in the state, is still stuck in this. Like I said. Yeah, thankfully, I don't live in Los Angeles. Well, no, good for you. This is good. But, I, I mean, L.A., here in San Francisco, and San Diego, and some other places here, they're still really stuck on the COVID stuff. I mean, I don't, I'm at a point now, I simply, this is really simple. I don't want to have to walk in to a restaurant or a bar or a movie theater or a entertainment venue and see anything to do with COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing. for sure. Nothing. I, I, I want to make it that simple to these people. Pretend it's February of 2020. Do that. Do that. That's what I want to see. They don't seem to get it here. But then we won't be able to give nonstop money to Ukraine. Yeah, well, it's the same people, though. It's the same mindset, right? Yeah, it's it's like, uh, well, whatever the next thing is. Well, you know, and, and the, the Ukraine money thing is is more bipartisan than the COVID thing is. It is. Oh yeah, and, yeah, for sure. Both that's parties, why I picked it. Both parties are sharp because I'm I'm anti two party, which yeah, is really yeah, exactly. just the crypt and, and that's in the you'll, get, you'll get a heavy dose of that if you listen to this show. I mean, I've said many times. I think it's a cult system. I think it's very cultish. And uh, when it comes to like certain issues, they really show their cultishness, like with with COVID and, and such. And uh, and I think that's a that's a problem. It's a huge problem. I talked about. You know, like when you have someone running who's, you know, can't put two sentences together, but you're going to vote for them because they have a certain letter next to their name. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they believe in. It doesn't matter if they can think straight. It doesn't matter if they got dementia. It doesn't matter. They've got a D or an R next to their name, and that's all that counts. Yeah. And what that's, I love why, about the, that's why we're screwed up, man. That's why mm-hmm. we're screwed up here. What I love about the top three Democrats is that you got, so you got Joe Biden, who has clearly has dementia. You yeah. got Kamala Harris, who's like, who's, who's, trying to make people think that she has dementia by doing a good imitation. She's just and an then idiot. you got Nancy Pelosi, who's like, I don't know what's wrong with her. She's just like, calm down. Like, she always sounds like she's drunk. Yeah, well, we know her husband is. Maybe she uh, imbibes, too, along with him. Yeah, maybe, yeah I'm sure there's lots of Maybe they of drink together, but he's the only one that drives. That could be it. Yeah. That could be, he's the one that drives. You know, but, you know, it's, um, I, I just wish we could actually... I wish we could talk about a lot of, you know, I mean, I love culture. I love movies. You know, I love theater. But here in San Francisco, you can't go to that. The, they're slowly changing, but there are still several like companies that make you wear masks and show you have the vaccine. Still, I mean, how, what when are they going to stop with this crap? When are they going to stop with this crap? Yeah, like, um, yeah. And I actually know people in like deep red states and they're like also like still like scared or freaked out. Like, but, and I, I like them personally, but like, I just wish they would like calm down. But if you go to Texas and Florida, most most businesses aren't for a year now at least they haven't been doing any of this. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. I'm talking about people in those states that like want super strict lockdowns. Still, but, but, but you was, you have to say they're mostly Democrats though. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just saying like that they live in red states. Yeah, but red states are Texas. They have several blue cities like Dallas and Houston and Austin. Yeah. 
You know, if, you know, Florida's got Miami and Fort Lauderdale and, you know, and Tampa. And they have, there are plenty of places where there are still a lot of liberals living in red city, red, taking advantage of the greatness of the red states, but still have their own their own issues around COVID that they can't seem to can't seem to drop. You know, and, and Southern California is such a mixed bag, right? Depending on if you're in the city of L.A., you're screwed. If you're in Orange County. Yeah, like I'd say like in mostly in San Diego, because in San Diego, like they're mostly gone. Like there's almost like no restrictions. In San Diego? Yeah, yeah. I was in San Diego last, uh, what was I there, for Christmas uh, last year. And I found it to be much more, and this was still in the height of, you know, Omicron. Omicron, yeah. And, but still, it was much, much better than San Francisco. Much better. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know if I've ever been. To, oh, no, I think the last time I was in the Bay Area was like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy it was five years ago. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't recommend coming back. I'm sorry to say that, but I just. Yeah, I, see, I, I really don't know. And I say, why are you here? Why are you here? I don't, you know. I guess they haven't heard about how bad it is. Maybe they're, you know, you live five, 6,000 miles away in a different continent. You don't really hear about mm-hmm. how bad it is. Francisco is so you still think it's the San Francisco you see in movies, you know, and it's not, you know, it's not. So oh, it's I, not like an Ant Man. Have you seen Ant Man? I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Hitchcock. I'm thinking Clint Eastwood. <laughs> so oh, I'm, thinking, okay. I'm thinking like 50s, 60s, 70s. That kind of San Francisco. Even that. Well, well the San Francisco and Ant Man is looks pretty good too. Well, of course. Yeah, you know, I think I was here for the filming of Ant Man. I think I saw a couple of shots being filmed in my area. That's cool. But that's not the San Francisco of reality, you know. So, hundred uh, percent, I'm sure. You know, so uh, my 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 dad was in San Francisco actually in 2020, like during, um, it was like October 2020, like right before the election. Mm-hmm. He said it. He looked it, it looked horrible, and like, I, like all the shops were like boarded up or whatever. Oh yeah, and it's it's a a lot of it's 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 two pronged. It's not just COVID thing which caused everything to go haywire and shut down early. And, but also the crime, where a lot of these businesses are like, well, we don't want to stay open past dark or too long past dark. And they board up at night. And then they, they, take the, they, you know, they board up and they take the boards down the next day. And it's very depressing. It's, it's, it's incredibly depressing. You know, it's, it's incredibly depressing to live in a major city where everything, the streets roll up now at like 10 p.m., you know, and – you know, and you know the rents we pay here, right? I don't have to go through that. Oh yeah, it's horrible here, but I'm sure it's worse where you are. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I I I thought San Diego, and I'm sure it's better now than it was last year. Was was doing okay? You know, I thought I thought San Diego was 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 pretty alive, and you know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It, it obviously still is like it, it's nothing like it was two years ago, obviously. Oh, right, but, um, exactly. but I I know one school at one community college uh, in San Diego. And I'm not kidding you. This is still active. They still have this. So they have a mask mandate indoor outdoors at this community college. And not only that, they have not only a vaccine mandate, but they have a booster mandate. What? So there's a vaccine booster mandate and an indoor outdoor mask mandate. I'm not kidding. This is real still. It's insane. It, it truly is. It truly is insane. Yeah, and, and the state is enforcing it because community colleges can make their own decisions. So this right. is like specifically from like the board of trustees or you know whoever runs the community college. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's not, this doesn't go away. And I've said this many times. This, show, this doesn't go away until people make it go away. You know, the people have to say, we want this to go away. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to give you business. We're not going to go to your school. We're not going to go to your restaurant. We're not going to, we're just not going to deal with you until you stop this stuff. It, you know, look, this is America's capitalism. When people start feeling stuff in their pocketbooks, then they change. That's the way it works. Yeah. 
It's just insane, man. But speaking about COVID specifically, I feel like there's been three big issues that have really divided people the last few years. Obviously, COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I think also uh, 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 Russiagate. And I think the 2016 election, like whether like vote Hillary or not Hillary or vote Trump or not Trump. I, I just like have seen so many like relationships, friendships, whatever, like break up. Well, yeah, and we've got people stuck on the 2020 thing, right? We've got we oh, yeah, for sure. the right stuck on that. We've got people on the left still stuck on that. I mean, that's the hypocrisy of the left. They talk about the right wing not being able to accept the 2020 election when they never accepted the 2016 election. Come yeah, on. I mean, like, because, like, because I, to be clear, like, I do think Biden won. And, like, I guess I'd be open to saying that Biden might have lost, but I just haven't seen any, like, concrete uh, evidence. And I feel the same way about Russiagate. I well, was like so annoyed Hillary, with the Russian gators. Yeah, Hillary was a bad candidate, and she lost because she was a bad candidate. It's pretty simple. Yeah, it was. It was, it was like NAFTA, not because of some memes made by some uh, Russia corporation. Yeah, it wasn't that. People don't really vote on that, and people also didn't vote on the emails thing. Oh it's, yeah, I, I know. I'm I'm just saying that. Like I know, like like hardcore Russia gators. Like right. no, it's because of Putin's. Then you Hitler or whatever. Right. When you talk about like one side, this is what people don't get. When you talk about like okay, Hillary being corrupt, saying she's corrupt, block her up, emails. The only side that's really going to take that to heart is the, the right, which is not going to vote Hillary Clinton anyway, even if that stuff didn't even exist. Yeah. And so the same goes with Trump, with his supposedly quote-unquote scandals. The, 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 the left only cares about that, and they're not going to vote for him anyway, even if he mm-hmm. was pristine. So this, this Well, stuff- I definitely do think Trump has real like scandals, like, 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 like war crimes, specifically the, the uh, drone strikes, which all the presidents do. And also violating the uh, uh, emoluments clause, but the reason why why the Dems like like would never bring that up is like because they are also guilty of that. They have <laughs> nothing, and, and then the reason and the reason why they 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 did the uh, impeachment over like uh, 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 aid to Ukraine in nineteen. Well, first of all, Obama didn't give aid either because he was you know for many reasons. But the reason why they had to wait three years to impeach him was because it took them that long to find them a, find a crowd that like Pelosi and the other Democrats weren't also guilty of. Right. You see, you can get into talking about politics. You don't get to talk about, you know, fun stuff. You're pretty good at the po- political stuff, too. No, no, I know, but that's, like, all I do right now. Like, because <laughs> yeah, I'm, like... I do it five nights a week, so, hey. hey. Well, I'm talking about, like, for school, because, like, uh, the grad school is, like, very heavy theory and shit. Right. Right. Well, look, um, I, I, try, I always try to think about... You know, actually, you know, the, the, the royal family stuff is what I consider kind of pop culture fun stuff uh, yeah yeah thank god that's pretty serious but the problem is a lot of americans just think it's total bullshit you know so that's the thing you go into the uk and you'll get many more people obviously who are really gung-ho in it like a soap opera oh like yeah. pro royal family yeah yeah and pro everything yeah. you know the soap opera of it the twisted turn oh the brother's not talking to me it amazes me the brothers aren't talking oh i, yeah, I, 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 do I don't care give a shit brothers, like like not your friggin family the, 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 they're all a bunch of inbreds that like probably have deformities who knows <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the royal family is like the deep south in this country it's the same thing i i really i don't need to like go and tear people like well i i i only feel the need to mock politicians and like people in media right stuff i punch i up, punch up yeah but no yeah they're you know like you know i'm seriously surprised that they're they don't have like formies I'm, I'm guessing it's like maybe like a century since the last inbred marriage or whatever i don't know maybe yeah i don't think yeah. i don't think they do that anymore I think it's been a while, <laughs> but I'm sure at some point, if you go back to generations, it happened, you know, but I think they're a little more enlightened now <laughs> I would think, than, they, than, they, than yeah. they used to be. It's just, I, I just, I'm amazed at how people get into the family dynamics of a family that's not their family. 
It's, yeah. So do you get why like some Americans like the royal family? Because I really don't get it. Oh, I just think it's like a soap opera thing. I just think it's like interesting. It's like culture. I just think it's something that takes up their uh, I don't think people yeah. are into it. Look, it, it, they think about this. They're a family with zero power. I mean, they have no power. It's just all. <laughs> well, I'm sure they like have like their money invested in like some foundation or charities or whatever. Yeah, but, but we're talking about political power, though, to make yeah. legislation and then pass laws. They can't do that anymore. And they haven't been able to in a long time. You can, off with your head. They can't do that anymore. It was more interesting when they could do that. But didn't uh, like Queen Elizabeth have like some power when she was younger, like political power? No, the only political power they still have is that, you know, they meet. It's like a traditional thing where the prime minister meets with them. Mm-hmm. Like times, I don't mean maybe weekly. They they meet for like the tea. You saw that in the movie Darkest Hour, right, with Churchill. You know, he was meeting with the prime minister, and they were just you know giving him advice and that kind of thing. So they can they can they they can give advice, but the prime minister can take it or leave it if they want to. You know, it all depends. So that's the only real influence they have is that they have the prime minister's ear if they wanted to. Yeah. But, the, but the queen was very good at not being into politics, though. That's the whole thing. They felt that that's not their job. It was not. Well, speaking about the royal family, I know because of the uh, military funding of 2012, the NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act, I know that it was written in there that that, that the military can indefinitely detain people. And Mm -hmm. Obama was actually sued over this, and it was a big deal. The the, the federal courts ruled that it was illegal for him to do that. But then the the Supreme Court um, ruled that that he had the right to do that, which is insane but right. anyway I, I i'm bringing that up because that 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 like of uh, violates like a, a, a crucial clause or whatever you want to say of the magna carta from 1295 and i think the magna carta was signed in the uk um so right now we have we're we, we have like a, a view of liberty from like the 13th century yeah right yeah that's that's that that's, that's, yeah right now if, if the government calls you a terrorist they can like indefinitely detain you well, and and that's it. I mean, we have a government here where we've seen recently where they're calling parents domestic terrorists for going to school board meetings and voicing their their you know yeah. Their, like, that, for- that's just the next step that that Kamala Harris wanted because she wanted to like I don't know if she may have done this, but I know she wanted to. Well, no, I think she did. Yeah, she wanted to like lock up parents for truancy for the kids. That's something she did when she was uh, in, uh I believe AG AG. Yeah, right. Yeah, she she, uh, she was she wanted to. Never really happened. One of our yeah, AG- I don't know if she. Did but I know for sure she wanted to. Yeah, which of course was so. Not. Now it's like the next step. Constitutional, or she would never be able to get away with it. But it's just something you say when you're an idiot when you're trying to say you're tough on on juvenile delinquents and crime. It's just stupidity. It's just not, not, nothing's of it. What you really need to do is is do what what DAs used to do, which is simply just like you know convict people and and indict people and and uh, who commit crimes, which they don't do anymore. Yeah, yeah. She, she was DA yeah. of uh, San Fran and then AG of California. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but uh, it, it's it, it's amazing now when you see here's the thing. She wasn't it wasn't a high profile position nationally. This is now a high profile position nationally. And you see her talk yeah. and you think, holy shit. Like, she what's her the- problem? Like, does she want people to think she has dementia? Like, I really don't get it. Like, cause even, even Nancy Pelosi doesn't sound that bad. No, she's just an idiot. She's not a very smart person. You see, yeah. she's gotten to where she is for certain reasons. Which you can use your imagination, and uh, and that's where she is now. And and but she's an idiot. I mean, she's 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 she has no original ideas of her own. 
She talks in word salads. Yeah, she doesn't have anything. Remember how the left made fun of Sarah Palin for talking in words? Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely think Sarah Palin's dumb, and I think all that was fair game because you know she was running to be president, pretty much. Well, look at look at who's a heartbeat away—a very weak heartbeat. Oh, away. you know, I, I agree for sure. Yeah, like 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 uh, uh, Joe Biden should be in jail right now for war crimes, in my opinion. Yeah, so, you know, and other stuff too. Yeah, but, it's, you know, it's a situation that she is the vice president of the United States. Because when you hear she just spoke about the border yesterday, and she made zero sense. She made zero. I, I really don't know. Like, I, I love that when she said, I, I forget, I don't know if it was in Guatemala or Bolivia, but she was like, don't come. Do you remember that speech? Well, I remember that. And I, yeah, don't come. Exactly. That's their border policy. Don't come. But if you come, you're allowed in. Um, but, but how about that comment? She, that idiotic comment she made when she was pressed on why she hasn't been. She's the border czar and she's never been to the border. And then she said, well, I haven't been to Europe either. I mean, yeah, I didn't get that. Does she mean like in her entire life or just as VP? Like I don't, I like, I was like, no, oh, I think entire life she had not been to Europe. Really? Yes. Yeah. But like, but she had like money before. Too, yeah. Like, yeah, as, she, never yeah. she never went to Europe. But that's not. I, like, I, I, that's I like really hope that means like as that's a like bad, I've never been to Europe either. It's an idiot. She's a total idiot. You know. So it, it's it's it, it's just it's it's a shame the leaders we have in this country. You know, it's just it's 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 an absolute shame, and it's and it's mostly done because once again of two party politics and identity politics, and therefore there are so many people out there, untapped, un, there's so many un, there's so much untapped talent when it comes to who could really be running this country. It's amazing, it really is. Hey, you know, Kashi, uh, let me let you go because I'm going to read this article written. Okay, by- yeah, I, I'm going to go back to the serious uh, rooms. <laughs> but no, last thing I'll say because like because my first call in room was a Jimmy Dorham and those are uh, there's actually yeah. when I talk to Jimmy like it's pretty light because like it's after like his full day yeah. so he actually doesn't want serious topics mostly right um but what yeah is, what, so like I, I was Dorham shocked like, when I went like to like after, any other room it's like his after podcast is that what it is? yeah it's it's like at like six or seven usually so it's like at the end of the day oh interesting so he has a, a podcast and an after podcast that's that's yeah. interesting. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I'll, I'll check it out one day. I like yeah. that. Okay. Take it easy. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. And I, in fact, I went to uh, Jimmy Dore. I went to a Jimmy Dore taping years ago, years ago, several years before COVID. He was in San Francisco and he did a show, one of his live shows. And I went. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Okay. So um, Vinay Prasad is a doctor here in in the Bay Area and he's he has his own podcast, I believe, and he's prolific on Twitter, and he writes on uh, a Substack. And he wrote about the CDC. He wrote, the White House needs new COVID advisors. The current cast has made too many mistakes. Political leaders rarely know about complex biomedical topics to make judgments. Instead, they rely on experts they trust. Trusted experts are not the best scientists. They are the most loyal ones. The ones who routinely cheerlead the administration in civilian life and the ones active politically and drawn into public health advisory roles. The current cast of characters, Ja, Walensky, Fauci, Murthy, and others, were chosen for these reasons and are simply not good at thinking about medical evidence and policy. How sad is that? They must be replaced if the administration wants to turn around COVID. Well, this should have happened a year and a half ago. And let me be honest, I'm going to give this feedback as a Democrat who hopes Dems do better at COVID policy and holding the pharmaceutical industry to task. Let's start with what they don't get. 
They fundamentally do not understand that boosters have different risk-benefit profiles based on age, sex, and prior infection of COVID-19. This is relevant both for the new bivalent booster and for kids' primary vaccines. When it comes to boosters, a 95-year-old nursing home patient who never had COVID is different than a 25-year-old college man who just had BA5. When it comes to kids' vax, a healthy six-year-old kid who just had COVID is different than an overweight 11-year-old with diabetes who never had COVID. Yet even when these facts have been repeatedly pointed out to them, they refuse to admit it. It is so hard to admit the data for boosting someone who just had virus is non-existent. It's even worse for a healthy kid who had COVID. Why are these advisors so hell-bent on vaccinating people who we simply do not know if there's any net benefit? Any why? And why provide misleading rhetoric to achieve that Pyrrhic claim? Are they also unaware that no matter how high booster rates go, the virus will continue to circulate forever? Dampening transmission ever so slightly for a few weeks is pointless in an ocean of replications that will last thousands of years. Scientists around the world can see the obvious. The U.S. advisors are incorrect. One example. Yes, on a number of issues, the current cast of characters is entirely aloof to sensible policy. One, they don't seem to understand masking toddlers has no data and is actually pretty stupid and probably harmful and unethical and will age poorly. Two, they don't seem to understand that telling a quadruple vaccinated adult to wear an N95 is a deranged policy that might at best modestly delay the inevitable moment they get COVID at the cost of pointless disruption. Three, they don't seem to get that evidence for long COVID is extremely poor. If you are very sick, then convalescence can be long. But the idea that you will have a mild infection and then your brain will shrink is prima facie highly incredible and unlikely, and thus evidence must be extraordinary, which it is not. The current case do not understand the need, the current cast do not understand the need for randomized trials measuring clinical endpoints, not surrogates. The current cast is so committed to giving Pfizer a huge market share, I mean simplifying the message, that they appear indifferent to the fact that there may be some actual human being, most likely young men, who may even have a net negative effect by participating in an endless booster program. This would be a catastrophic error, which they refuse to acknowledge. Any, oh, there's a little bit more here. It's not very long. Hold on. Yes, I know Daniel's chomping at the bit, chomping on the bit. There are plenty of Democrat medical doctors who would not make these errors. These errors are not necessary or integral to the Democratic Party platform. They're just foolish policy choices. The only reason they persist is that the political figures that sanction these choices are getting bad advice. I can only speculate as to why the advice is so bad, but these likely include groupthink, a desire to play nice with Pfizer and Moderna, who many of these people will consult for very soon, and the tragic fact that none of these figures have made a career on the principles of ethics of evidence-based medicine. Unless you really internalize those principles, you can find yourself the victim of fear and irrationality may take hold. The Biden administration needs to clean house with this COVID-19 team. I suspect that they do not feel the pressure because the polls do not condemn them. However, polls can be notoriously unreliable. And the gap between the policy and what the average American is doing on the street is so wide, you could fit the Grand Canyon in it. The status quo is bad. It's a good article. And it's what we've talked about many times, that the facts and the evidence Scott Atlas went into this position like in August of 2020, sat down, he told the story many times, sat down with Redfield, Burks, and Fauci, opened up his folder of facts and evidence, and they did not want to even see any of it, let alone discuss it or talk about it. They had their narrative, they had their focus, which was basically masking, lockdowns, get the vaccines out, get the vaccines in everyone's arms, and the past is prologue. So on and so on and so on. 
and therefore he left because there was no way he could get through to these imbeciles. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Hey, hey, I'm going to make this um, rather short to two points. First point is uh, people like to follow the royal family for the same reason they like to uh, uh, snoop and to uh, lottery winners' lives. Um, they like to think that uh, without any skills or expertise, they have some chance of falling ass backwards into enormous wealth. And I think that explains explains that whole phenomenon right there. Um, the other point I wanted to make with respect to what you read from Prasad, he's right on every single point. But here's what I want everyone to remember um, or, or remind uh, you of and uh, listeners that have tuned in before to hear this. Way back um, someplace around April, possibly May of 2021, sorry, 2020, in response to family and friends' uh, constant inquiries about all kinds of detail and noise um, surrounding the whole COVID panisteria, I wrote down four basic principles for them to understand and told them that everything else was going to be noise. Those four basic principles were masks are ineffective, lockdown causes lockdown uh, prolongs and deepens suffering. Uh, vaccines are for endemic disease, not pandemic disease. And for COVID is primarily a complication of the obesity pandemic. Now, every single one of those things is true. And every single thing that, that Prasad talked about is noise. From the beginning, we knew this that this these policies were wrong and they were pulled out of somebody's ass that um, simply just wanted to disregard the thousands of years that we've had of experience with pandemics and epidemics that have established the, what was known to be and accepted to be conventional pandemic wisdom. And they just threw that all out the window. That's all I wanted to say again. Just wanted to remind everybody that you can get into the, to the details and get lost in those weeds really quickly. But there are some really simple basic principles that have always been to play from the very beginning, and they've all been about conventional pandemic response. Yeah, but, you know, I think I think the fact of the matter is that, I mean, Vinay talks about making changes now. Um, first of all, I think it would be too little too late. Emphasis on too late. But also, I, I, it's not going to happen. Um, it will happen when when, when Ron DeSantis, let me be very positive, when Ron DeSantis becomes president, but I think what Ron DeSantis needs to do is just dismantle, just, just get rid of the whole DDC. Just start from the, start, get rid of it. Just start from the ground up again. And once again, they're the center for control. Has not controlled it. Have they? The CDC has been captured, obviously, by pharmaceutical companies. Sorry for the background noise. Yeah. A, I guess you, you're, you're going back. You're going back out in your late night walks again, huh? Yeah, I was out on a late night walk. I didn't get enough in this afternoon because of some COVID-related. Um, uh, difficulties, to put it mildly, which maybe I'll talk to you about um, tomorrow night at, at UC Berkeley. Um, it has been a very traumatic day, um, but I really, I've, just, it's, I've still been processed it all, and um, yeah, maybe I'll uh, tune in tomorrow to tell to tell listeners about what's going, what nonsense is going on at UC Berkeley still. Yes, we want to know. We need to know. Yeah. We need to know. Yeah, so, so, but um, yeah, we, we, Prasad, he's right on, on every single point. But from, from the beginning, and, and this has been a huge problem when it comes to messaging to the type, when it comes to the type of messaging that would have averted 
the pan hysteria. What happened was they, too many people, like Prasad, and I've been following for a long time and been criticizing him on Twitter about this, saying over and over and over again, man, you're getting sucked into the weeds. Get out of the weeds. Get out of the noise. There are basic principles here that are really simple. Stress those so that you can avert the pan hysteria. But he wouldn't do it. He just kept it like so many others out in the weeds. He wants to argue all these fine points. And the fine points are totally meaningless in the scope of things. Those four points that I made have been known for so freaking long, <laughs> except for the obesity pandemic, which has only been around, began in like the 80s or so, where they started taking off. Those other three principles have been standard canon of uh, epidemiology forever. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's just, I, I think, I think that the fact of the matter is that we have, I think he put his finger on a little bit when he said that they want to suck up to Pfizer and Moderna, but I think that's 95% of it, I'd say, is sucking up to the, to Big Pharma. People who, who, who make money off Big Pharma, like he said, will consult with Big Pharma, will probably end up working for Big Pharma. And I think that's a problem. That's, that's the conflict of interest. We need people with zero connection to Big Pharma. Yeah, it's just it's just like the situation with lobbyists and government. You're absolutely correct. They have this revolving door that goes between the two, and it just does nothing but breed corruption. Right. CDC has been entirely captured. FDA has at least in partly been captured. The only thing that gives me any hope with with respect to the FDA is the big stink and uproar that was made with respect to this experimental. Um, uh, this new Alzheimer's drug, which is, is totally worthless. I'm forgetting the name of it now. Uh, totally worthless. And there was a lot of physicians that spoke up and researchers that said this thing should have never been FDA approved. It's giving people false hope and it's simply a piece of shit. And so yeah. that, at least I have some hope that the FDA may not, may not be totally correct at this point, but the CDC, oh, they're beyond hope. They're beyond hope. And, and whether you get rid of them or you just clean that entire building out, buildings out, clean public health out in, in every community, every municipality, and every state. Yeah, I don't know how to do it, but that's what needs to be done. It's corrupt. The, these billions we have, last night you were talking about the, the amount of money that the military-industrial complex has. Well, the military-industrial complex is, is, um, costs us about 3.7% of our GDP, Healthcare industrial complex, medical industrial complex, 20% of our GDP. So talking about money that can influence politics, that is, that is the sole explanatory factor for what happened over the last two and a half years. When you talk about explanatory factors in science, you talk about what um, variables can, can explain the most variation in the signal or whatever you're measuring. And that explains it entirely. The fact that 20% of our GDP is wrapped up in healthcare. That's an enormous amount of money being put into the medical industrial complex. That's an enormous amount of influence. And we saw that influence corrupt, corrupt one of our most important institutions in this country, the CDC. So I'm, I'm going to hang up for now. Daniel, I'm, I'm holding it to you for tomorrow. I want to know, I want to know what happened to Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll okay. call. Thanks for calling. All right. Daniel with the uh, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. All right. All right. Drama at Berkeley. Listen to tomorrow's show if you want to hear more about drama. I'll be listening. Oh, wait a minute. I'm hosting. I have to listen. All right. Speaking of incompetence, have, has anyone heard about the story about the New Orleans mayor? Uh, Latoya Cantrell. 
Latoya Cantrell, another in a line of uh, female African-American mayors. Um, <clears throat> New Orleans mayor won't pay the city back. She spent 30 grand for flights. The reason why it was so expensive is because she upgraded to first class for each of the flights. So they want her to pay it back. They're like, you know, you can fly coach, but you shouldn't be flying first class. And now she's refusing to reimburse the nearly 30 grand of taxpayer money she has spent upgrading flights to first class or business class, despite the city policy saying, if you do that, you got to pay it back. This is what, this is her reasoning. Everyone sit down. She told the reporters that she won't fork over the fees. This was $18,000. One of them was $18,000 for a first class trip to France. $18,000. I could get a flight for a lot less than that. Eighteen grand for a first class. Since January 21, Cantrell has charged the city of New Orleans 29000 to fly first to a business coach instead of a uh, class instead of coach. All expenses occurred during business on behalf of the city of New Orleans will not be reimbursed, she said. So she just said she's not paying it back. One thing is clear. I do my job and I will continue to do it with distinction and integrity every step of the way. That's what I have to say on that, she said. Now, I want you to, as I'm reading this, I want you to imagine if this were a white man or Donald Trump or any white man, but specifically Donald Trump, let's say. Her defiance goes against the city's travel policies, which states that New Orleans municipal workers must select the cheapest fight, flight. The cheapest, this is the New York Post. They wrote cheapest fight. I tell you, I tell you, journalism has gone downhill. Cheapest flight or pay back the difference. Employees are required to purchase the lowest airfare available. Employees who choose an upgrade from coach economy and business class flights are solely responsible for the difference in costs. Any reconciliation of travel expenses that results in overpayment by the city requires that the employee reimburse the city within 20 business days. Okay. Her minute, oh, by the way, I want to get to the point of where she says, oh, here it is, here it is, here it is. This is what she said. It's about safety. Now, listen to this. She said she must fly first class for safety, not luxury. As a as all women know, our health and safety are often disregarded, and we are left to navigate alone. As the mother of a young child whom I live for, I am going to protect myself by any reasonable means in order to ensure I am there to see her grow in the strong woman I am raising her to be. Can you believe this nut job? Anyone who wants to question how I protect myself just doesn't understand the world black women walk in. <clears throat> so here we go. Here we go. By the way, uh, a new poll shows strong support for her recall. More than half, 55% of the some 400 registered voters said they would recall her. So here, here we go. This is, now obviously this is absolute insanity saying you must fly first class for safety. By the way, her security detail flies in coach. So see if that makes any sense. She has to fly in first class for safety reasons because she's a black woman and she might not make it home to her kids if she flies in coach. This is exact. This is exactly what she's saying. Now, I want you to understand this. Where does she get the balls to say that? I mean, that's the best excuse she can come up with? They are so reflexive or enamored with the idea of identity politics, of just using race and gender for everything. 
that she found a way to squeeze it in here. Can you believe this? As a black woman, she has the right to fly first class, not coach, to protect herself as a black woman. They might, she might as well just, when they're asked, when these people are asked about things and they want to use rape, they might as well just say, I'm a black woman, shut up. That's basically what she's saying, right? I'm a black woman. I do what I want. I'm an elected black woman. I do as I please. She's better off saying that than using this ridiculous excuse of safety and getting back home safely to her children so she can see them live. I mean, are these people insane? Are they, they're fucking certifiable, these people. But this is how they get these jobs to begin with, to be very blunt. Listen to the way she talks. Does she get that job if she's a white guy? Does she get that job if she's a white male? Of course not. Of course not. What if a white guy said, I'm doing it as a white man for my safety to get back to my, what would, you know, it's just absolute insanity. And I'm glad, okay, that 55% of the people want to recall. It should be 155%. But you can bet there's a lot of people in New Orleans who are African-American who just want her to have the job because she's African-American. And she has the right through, because of reparations to take first class on the, on the, on the taxpayer back of a very poor city, by the way, of a very, very, very poor city that's crime ridden now. Another once nice place that's gone totally to shit because of de- liberal Democrats. But this is the excuse she uses. <laughs> this is the excuse she uses. Now, hopefully she's recalled, but replaced by whom? Didn't, remember the guy they had during Katrina? Wasn't he an idiot too? Have they had any competent mayors in New Orleans? I've been there several times, and I just remember, I remember good food, but dirty, freaking dirty city. I understand it's under sea level, but it's just, it was dirty, and I, you didn't feel safe, and just filthy. It's like you're living in sewage. Uh, it's, it's really amazing what's happened to a lot of these Democrats, a lot of these cities that pe- tourists used to flock to, people would go to, tourists from other countries, this country, and it's just they, the Democrats totally destroyed them, have totally destroyed them. And the goal, the unmitigated goal, to use your safety <laughs> as a black woman as an excuse to spend 30 grand. thirty, And you could tell she didn't even care. She probably had her assistant find whatever that doesn't matter the most eighteen thousand dollars for a first class flight from new orleans to paris are you kidding me i can go on right now and find it probably for five thousand but she didn't care it's like you and i well we, we have to worry about money we, we we go on orbits we go on price line we look at the best price we get a price alert we don't she didn't do that i'm sure her assistant said 18 grand she goes uh let them eat cake okay book it book it Incredible. Well, let me find me a Republican that does this. Find me a Republican mayor doing this stuff. Find me a Republican mayor that's destroyed their city. Find find one for me. Come on, tell me about it. <clears throat> Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Democrat mayors, one after the other, right? Chicago, San Francisco, L.A., New York, New Orleans. I can keep going on and on. Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Boston. I can keep going and going. 
all Democrat mayors, many of them black women. Maybe we should start, maybe, this is just a, an idea. I know it's crazy, controversial, might get me canceled. How about we just like elect the most competent people? How about we elect the most qualified and competent people? I know, on the edge. On the If I wrote that on Twitter, my account would be suspended. Or Facebook, right? How about we just... How about we just elect the most competent, intelligent, worthy people as opposed to looking at like party or race or gender? I know. Mike, Mike, come on. Stop being so controversial, Mike. It ain't good these days. It ain't good. The woke will get you. The woke will get me. So that's the mayor of San Francisco. Sorry, they're all the same. London Breeze, the mayor of San Francisco. Beetlejuice is the mayor of Chicago. I think it actually is Beetlejuice, right? That's her name. You know, there are 10 states. Thank you for Daniel for sending me this uh, article from the Hill. 10 states. I thought it was just, I thought we were the only one. 10 states still have COVID emergency orders in place. This is as of yesterday. It was 11 until Kathy Hochul, because Lee Zeldin, the Republican running against her, is on her ass, finally dropped it. Kathy Hochul said she'll end the states. Yeah, okay. Raising criticism. Forget faulting case numbers. Raising criti- rising criticism is why she dropped it, and the election being less than two, eight weeks away. But look, there are still 10 other states, including California, Connecticut, Delaware, Washington State, New Mexico, Texas. What the fuck's Abbott doing? Illinois, Kansas. West Virginia, they're mostly Democrat, but not in Rhode Island. So they're mostly Democrat, but not all. Um, first of all, that's the order. Oh, okay. I don't know what Jim Justice is doing there, and he's just dragging his feet. And Kansas, the legislature, passed a law this year extending emergency powers through January 2023, primarily to assist overburdened health care workers. Now, of course, there are real different reasons for uh, state emergencies. Obviously, in states like Kansas and West Virginia, it's not so the governor can lock everything down again. That's not the reasoning for those. But you can bet, let's see, Texas. Greg Abbott last renewed in August. We'll have to decide whether to renew it again later this month. Maybe he won't. But once again, you can be rest assured in these states like Texas, West Virginia, and Kansas, it's not to lock things down or to mask everyone. It's not the vaccine, man. They're not doing it for that reason. Um, but you can bet in states like California, it's exactly why they're doing it. In states like Washington State, that's a, Cal- Connecticut, it, that's why they're doing it. Um, and here in California, um, the legislature is doing nothing to stop it. Uh, in Connecticut, it looks like the legislature is doing nothing to stop it. So well, Delaware it expires in a couple of days unless it's renewed. We'll keep an eye on what happened. But yeah, there's still 10 states, mostly Democrat-run, that still have these emergency orders in place. And there's no emergency anymore. So it really should be dropped everywhere, regardless of the reasoning, whether it's to maintain power over people or to assist certain workers or to bring in extra money. It's, it's, there's not an emergency anymore. So no states should be under exer- – there should be no states with COVID emergency orders in place in September of 2022, Okay. It should be done. But this is the problem with these with governors having all this power. They can do whatever they want. And a lot of these legislatures are too, are either, you know, of the same party or too 
uh, afraid to stop them. And so this this unlimited power that we're seeing, and whether it's with the state with emergency powers or the president to say you have to wear masks on planes, one person to say everyone, millions of people must wear masks, this has to stop. This kind of power is, uh, is unfettered power, unchecked power needs to stop. And if we didn't think about this before COVID, we need to think about it pre- past COVID, post-COVID. We need to think about the power that these elected officials have, where one person, man or woman, can make these decisions and force millions of people to follow their orders. That's a dictator. That's what a dictator does. Okay? That's a dictatorship, not democracy. So that this all needs to end. And this, this needs to be going forward, an issue come election time. An issue come election time. These powers need to be rescinded. One person cannot have power over millions. They just cannot. They can't. That's why we have legislatures. That's why we have the executive, legislative, judicial. That's the way it needs to be. The legislature can make laws, can pass laws. The executive upholds those laws that are made by the legislature. The judicial branch then either upholds the laws or says they're unconstitutional. That's the whole idea. That's the way this works. Hey, look. I took uh, plenty of these classes. I know how this works. Most people should know how this works. But it seems as though for the past two and a half years of COVID, the Constitution, that, that three-branch government system has gone out the window. And it's simply been the executive until someone brings it up to the judicial, right? That's basically what it's been. The legislature have done f- f- shit for the last two and a half years. They've been pointless. They've been collecting, in most places, six-digit incomes and doing nothing. Doing nothing. It's a, they're supposed to be the checks and balances. They're the ones that make the laws. Not one person waving a magic, waving a wand saying, this is the way it's going to be. I decree an emergency and that's it. And it'll be that way for years until I decide it's not an emergency anymore. It's not the way it's supposed to work. Not the way it's supposed to work. <sighs> what else? We, anything, okay, well, I think... I think we've covered a lot of ground. Tomorrow we know we're going to learn more about Berkeley and what's going on there with their with their mask mania, with their COVID mania that they don't want to that are never ending. That's never ending. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Yeah. So if there's anything else that anyone wants to call in and say anything, it's fine. If not, we can always uh, pick it up tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think we're now in a situation where. We just have to remember that this is all not over yet. This whole COVID stuff is not over yet. And if you're in a place where it has been over, good for you. But in many places, like where I live here in San Francisco, and you hear my people calling in from California, it's, that's still an issue here. And Daniel will talk to us more about, obviously, at Berkeley, it's still an issue. And in many colleges and universities around this country that are run by liberals, it's still an issue. Okay? And like I said, my, my request is very simple. Just stop talking about it. Stop putting up signs saying master and courage. Stop talking about the next booster that everyone has to get. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to see signs anymore. I don't want to see people wearing masks anymore. That's it. I simply want to go back to the way it was in February of 2020. Just do that. If you do that, you're fine.
If not, I'm going to continue to be on your case. And like I said, I'm going to have to start calling out these places now that are still continuing this nonsense, whether it's requiring or recommended long after it's been mandated, long after the mandates have ended, where in most parts of this country and this world, they're not doing any of this anymore. So if they're not doing it in, let's say, 95% of the country and 95% of the world, there's no reason to do it in San Francisco. There's no reason to do it in New York. There's no reason to do it in Los Angeles just because you're a liberal Democrat and you have Trump derangement syndrome. Okay, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. No, I guess that's about it. Um, tomorrow, like I said, we'll, we'll we'll talk more. Maybe if anyone wants to, uh, well, you know, we'll also talk about um, the the some of these races, some of these primary races, some of these. I'm sorry, general election races. Come, the primaries are basically over with, aren't they? They should be the last of them coming up this week, next week. It should be almost over, right? Yeah, because there's only less than two months to go. Some of these states hold their primaries. September's way too late. Way too late. I'm so glad California moved it, what, it all the way to March. Thank goodness, because it was too late. But yeah, we'll talk about some of these races. We'll start getting more into these specific races. And maybe people from places where these races are happening, like Pennsylvania, New York, can call in and let us know more about what's happening on the ground. Because that's something you don't hear about unless you're there. Okay. So this show is called And Let's Be Heard. My name is Mike Kachopoli. I want you to remember, always remember, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you here tomorrow. Remember, 11 p.m. Pacific, midnight mountain, 1 o'clock central, (laughs) 2 a.m. Eastern. See you then. Thanks for listening, as always.